You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 418th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. You guys, the band is back together this week. Mm-hmm. Tim, welcome. Yeah, um, yeah. that's good. We tried to hold down the fort while you were gone. You guys did a great job. I actually enjoyed listening to the podcast without hearing myself. It's the first time uh, out of 400. We surprisingly got a lot of emails uh, with a similar sentiment. It was kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope everything is going well for you both, but you guys did a stand-up job. So many great emails to help give you the content to see you through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if I had any complaints that came to mind uh, right away. Cause I, I mean, I threw my <laughs> phone across the, across the hotel room several times when you were uh-huh. talking last week. Yeah. And when uh, you, when you the shake part, the phone, the it job. erases the notes that you just wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, that's good. a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys crushed it. We did get a few, uh, tweets and emails. People really interested in your chair updates. Um, have you ordered a chair yet? I have not ordered the chair yet. It is still Can't sitting pull on the my chair. You guys eBay. cold feet. So my, it's been so settled. My, cold feet, Tim. It's on my Over. email watch list. Uh-huh. How often, how much I sit in a chair, you think I would have done it by now, but the uh-huh. Herman Miller uh, chair right. can wait. Um, but I will say that I was, I, I kind of was disappointed about one thing. Uh-oh. Last okay. week. Hang on. Let me sit felt, down. Okay. I'm ready. I, I, I felt there was a really big topic that you guys were not addressing in the world of cycling last week. Elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. I, I. As the um, preeminent cycling podcast uh-huh. in the world yes. that covers all things cycling media, uh-huh. yep. um, I was a little uh, surprised you guys didn't talk about the the near collapse of the Cycling Tips Empire, yeah. a um, website that we have been following since day one, since they had little figurines and it was an Australian cycling blog, uh-huh. yeah. all the way to the tippity top when it was bought by the conglomerate that is outside magazine to f- going the way an apt description to the Australian heritage, going the way of the dodo bird. It appears well, as more and more individuals depart the network and capping all off was it, uh, friend of the pod. <laughs> Abby Mickey departure this week, mm-hmm. voluntarily departing. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I don't want to put the cart before the horse uh, there, Tim. Um, the the site still exists. They are still putting it out does. articles right it now. It does. It does. Um, You're right. So I don't know that they're gone like the Dodo. It's more like the Dodo's jumped off of Noah's Ark because hmm. it's sinking. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't have an analogy on hand, but something uh, more like that. Quick, quick fact check here because we are, I mean, like you said, Tim, we are the preeminent cycling podcast about other Back cycling podcasts we've regained um the top spot the the dodo <laughs> the dodo was from madagascar not australia uh-huh. yeah but that was back when pangea in madagascar was just you know across the water <laughs> you were uh not a social study you were social studies you're not a geography teacher right okay yes okay. social studies yes yeah, yeah. Right. okay all right um now i i will say i was surprised um <laughs> Awfully bummed, and I feel bad for those that are still at yeah. Cycling Tips trying to keep the, the lights on because I understand how important jobs are. But I was thoroughly disappointed with the uh, with what happened over there because it was such a good website. And yeah. as a paying member of the um, crew, and many thanks to um, uh, 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 James Watson for uh, that hookup. Uh, many years ago, as far as, uh, or many months ago, as far as my cycling tips membership of about a year and a half ago. Um, but yeah, super bumped. It's no I longer mean, there. I assume 
everybody knows what we're talking about, but just in case, let's recap it. Uh, there were, I guess, two weeks ago now, a week and a half ago, um, just before we recorded last week, uh, a bunch of layoffs. Sudden, I don't even know if they were layoffs. Yeah. They were phrased like they were layoffs, but it seemed like uh, they were just firings. Um from uh from on high there at the uh corporate outside um headquarters um laying off a bunch of uh longtime folks there at cycling tips including gilly frets and several others from the sales and editorial teams as well as folks from vela news uh just kind of a shock i think to everybody uh in- including all of us here um and kind of, uh, I think it left everybody a little, like, a little shell-shocked uh, for a while. And then uh, over the course of the following week, more resignations kind of started coming across the wire, um, which, you know, after the initial shock kind of wore off, we were all like, wow, who's left there? Wow, that's got to be awkward. Wow, what's going on behind closed doors? Wow, how is so-and-so going to react and yeah. <laughs> the reactions mostly that are coming out are yeah i've turned in my resignation yeah my last week is this week yeah my last month is this month and um it's unfortunate to see uh you know but also like uh, kind of a <sighs> one of the, a, a nice message to corporate to be like hey man like uh, so we aren't all lines in a spreadsheet you know like these people are important to the culture and to the community that we build up around uh, cycling media. I know it's tough to keep uh, the lights on in a cycling media publication. I can't imagine some of the pressures. They seem to be delivering for the most part. But what frustrates me or I guess confuses me the most is like what's left, right? Because this outside conglomerate came in and bought up Velo News, Cycling Tips, Pink Bike. They also bought... Um, beta or they brought beta magazine out because they yep. bought bike magazine and then yeah. also let's not forget about peloton magazine that they also shuttered mm-hmm. somehow bicycle retailer still exists which is also owned by outside basically they bought everything except bicycling magazine and us thanks a lot for the offer outside media but i <laughs> i'm just a little surprised like what's left like that you know i can't think of a better time for someone to come in you know to the the you you must still have some kind of media out there. Like I know there's a lot of free stuff, but um. Anyway, they came in, thought they were going to finance it with NFTs. Um, yeah, I don't when, know what happened there. Like, when the bottom that didn't that work. One or something. Uh, how did that not when work? The, yeah. Seems so. When the bottom fell out of the NFT market, it really screwed the whole strategic business plan. I think of outside uh, <laughs> corporate HQ, which is a uh, you know just yeah unpredictable who would have seen that coming nobody could have seen it coming and that's the thing they should definitely get the the higher ups there should definitely get some good bonuses on their way out the door because they tried Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. so anyway it's best of luck to everybody still at cycling tips and to those who have departed um if you want to come on the podcast just send us a dm but make sure you bring uh, michael matthews with you that'd be (laughs) awesome (laughs) um in other news, uh, there is still bike racing going on. Do you guys want to talk Dublin or Cross Nats first? Oh, we should talk Dub- Dublin. Let's do Dublin because I watched it. Yeah, I haven't so been able open, to watch Cross Nats op- in full. Open the Guinness, the can of Guinness, and tell us what happened about Wout Van Art taking the win on the men's side over Lauren Sweek, I believe. And um, Pitters. Uh, who else? Was it Pitters? Yeah, Pitters. Pitters Pitters on the podium. Why don't you let the uh, little guy do it since he watched it? It's a fun race. Good muddy slop fest. Uh, you get your classic Wout Van Aert. Get to the front, have a problem, fall back. He's out of it. Get 10 mm-hmm. seconds back, have a problem. But the dramatic thing was that Lauren Sweek's mechanic strategically dropped a towel into Wout Van Aert's chain and almost caused him to miss the pits. He had to run backwards on the course with a big old shop rag in his, in his derailleur. Uh-huh. And he, that seemed to 
give him the Red Bull wings he needed to mm-hmm. go extra fast, bring everyone back, and then on the six to seven laps, he just ripped away and just left everyone for dead. Fun, fun, sloppy race though, and if you like races where halfway through you kind of can't tell who's going to win, uh, mm-hmm. which is a thing so, we haven't had much in cyclocross, it's fun. There's a, there's a couple things about this race that stood out to me, little guy, and I want to uh, get your take on a couple of them. But uh, um, first and foremost, the towel incident, mm-hmm. of course. I like, mean, the big moment of the race. Yeah. Pre-planned, premeditated. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, we'll never know. <laughs> but the difference, I think, the world championship pedigree in Wout Van Aert was that he noticed it happen, looked down, confirmed, oh, stopped, jumped off the bike immediately, looked at it, yeah, and was like, I can't dislodge this. Did not waste any time screwing around with it. That's true. Like you see a lot of people doing. And just immediately was running back to the pit entrance, which also, uh, you know, if you're well-versed in the rules, you know you can do. Mm-hmm. It's the only point on a cyclocross course you can go against the flow of traffic, um, yeah. but only if you're not impeding anyone. The the wherewithal, the calmness, like to, to pop off the bike to check it and to realize I'm not going to waste my time and go back, A+. Plus. A+, plus yeah. work from out there. It's uh, true. That's kind of the race-winning move because you're right. A lot of people would have messed with it and wasted the mm-hmm. time and then had to run backwards or had to have their mechanics yell at them probably. You're right. He And yeah. it helps that you're as strong as Walt Van Aert and you're like, eh, 20 seconds. <laughs> I mean, you know, that, that helps too, yes. But I mean, like, but like having that confidence of being like, yeah, I'll just run back. Like that's going to be better than, than trying to get it out and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or trying to ride it out. I don't know what you're going to do. Now, an f- interesting fact, I did see the reg while holding it up on the podium, and it does sort of look like Matthew Vanderpool's face is on it, like etched in mud, sort of like a interesting. shroud of Interesting. So, uh, it was? It's like seeing Jesus in the toast. I don't know. I think he's he's probably at a training camp or something. I don't know where he is. I don't know why he wasn't there this weekend. Okay, I'm glad you brought up the rag on the podium because – I was going to ask you about that next. Yes. Um, this is the second thing I need your your take on because famously, mm. early, early days of this podcast, you tried to start a movement of, uh, I think, against podium bikes, maybe yep. against podium babies. I can't remember. I think bikes um, at the time, yeah, bikes. Where you were trying to bring other stuff up to the podium <laughs> that wasn't a bike. Yep. And famously, you brought up a bucket Yep. with you to the podium <laughs> so you had a podium bucket it's so and unfortunately so uh, uh, unfortunately the last time little guy was on a podium i've been so. on a podium since the, the, hey. uh, the i have been on a podium since then but the last time i was on a podium so, and had the bucket with me it's true okay let's talk real quick i got um one of these uh blasts from a past uh like i got a text message from a group thread i'm on where a friend who i shared a podium with at the melbourne cyclocross race in florida puts up the picture he got first i was in second place at my feet was a bucket and he goes it wasn't like hey guys look at this time i beat tim it like like one year ago today or it was like five years ago today instead it was tim why the hell do you have a bucket on the podium so i had to tell him the story so it was a real movement it was only just us that would bring the buckets up right but it was real we tried it was real so like Little guy, did you appreciate him bringing the rag up to the podium, like as podium uh-huh. accoutrement that was like new and different? I did. I liked it. I thought it was a nice touch. Uh, probably made Shweek feel weird. I'm pretty sure it was Shweek's mechanic. <laughs> I guess I don't have a confirmation. It looked like it when I watched it, and I like replayed it a few times. But uh-huh. um, I haven't heard seen confirmation. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Can you I- know, we we got we got a. I think somebody hit us up on Instagram this week. I'm sorry, I forget who right now with a shot of. Uh, friend of the podcast adam meyerson on the podium uh with his, mm-hmm. his kid on his shoulders and uh, basically they wrote uh you know now i now i get it now i see now i like it like yeah maybe they were against podium kids but uh mm-hmm. you see that that masters 50 plus national podium and then you see the kid up there and it kind of, it makes sense it starts you start to understand i think i think the kids the kids okay especially at nationals but as long as you allow there to be a photo without and then a photo with. So people who want to share one mm. can share one. People want to share the other. Yeah. I think that's only fair. Same with podium bikes. So did, did Wout do a... people don't yeah, do no, that anymore. Yeah. Did Wout do a no, photo the without, towel, the, without the, the towel? You, 
You can bring the towel yeah, yeah. any any time. You yeah. can also have a podium bucket anytime. Uh-huh. Um, podium kids debatable, um, but congratulations to Myerson. That being said, I was disappointed in the crowds. They in looked Dublin. all right. In Dublin really? They looked pretty look good. Small? They looked pretty good. I thought. I was expecting no one to be there. Let's let's be frank. Not as good as what we see in America. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. Be careful in that glass house, Tim. Uh, I I think it looked pretty good. If nothing else, whoever did the sound sound engineering work for the live broadcast did a really good job of making it sound really loud and raucous uh, on a, a bunch of the corners and stuff. So it was a fun course for not being, having a dramatic feature. The mud made it, a really good slug and ended up being am i the fun. only one surprised by how tangled up the rag got in the bike though well because he you, like rode over it but then the way it got into the kind of the whole hub and hey drive Shwe- Shweek's mechanics are professionals tim you and mm-hmm. i we, we couldn't do that obviously for us it's it's like how can they ride that fast they must be on drugs how can they drop a towel that well they must be yeah. on drugs but no, professionals and and they they the natural skill and they practice they practice and they practice and they've done it uh, ten thousand times ten thousand times and I, it's only worked yeah. once but it's <laughs> <laughs> when it needed to yeah now my, I really hope that that Wout keeps the towel and 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 like brings it out yeah. throughout the season yeah. like anytime he's talking to Sweek he like pulls it out. Uses Just it to a like little sweat off the yeah, brow, little, ah, a little, little off the top, yeah, like you know at um, at the national team meetup before worlds, he like pulls it out and uses it to like oh, clean something man. off the table. <laughs> you know, you know, at worlds on the start line, as yeah. the cameras come and panning down, checking everybody's tires, he's gonna pull it out of his back pocket and just like blow his nose with it or something, <laughs> and put it back. And yeah, Sweek's gonna it. be like, uh, this guy can no. crush me even if I'm thirty seconds up the road." The podium picture with this towel, I'm a little confused because he's surrounded on the podium. He's got Sweek and then mm-hmm. Pitters, mm-hmm. Pitcock, and he he's small. Wow. So it makes the towel look really big. It's a big towel. It's a big towel. It's a big towel, yeah. Towel. No, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's I mean, a little towel. shop rag. This is, I think it know. messed up my drivetrain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he's trying to let people know this is yeah this isn't a little a little teeny off cut of a t shirt or something. This is a serious <laughs> towel. This is what you clean a Stevens little, with. They got big down tubes. I'm just gonna guy, say, did you uh, watch? Cycle like, cross very different these days since uh, you can get a towel in your in your thing and not freak out. Whereas just a decade ago, Sven Nice would have gone under the tape and confronted a fan for throwing a, a beer cup in the ground, you know? Like, um, I think ah. Cyclocross has lost its edge, you guys. Lost its edge. It's, little, it's definitely little, lost the crowds. I mean, I think uh, Sven would have done the same thing. He would have brought the towel up. He would have thrown it at Yeah, Sweet That's where the raucous races are there in the women's side. So, uh, so Femme beat Puck, Petiers, mm-hmm. and Denise Betsema in a distant third place. Yeah, I haven't watched it unfortunately yet, but I will go back because it seemed like a good. Yeah, it's, good, it sounds like one to catch up on for sure uh, with the conditions. Now, on the uh, you know the aforementioned um, crowds in Dublin far outnumbered the crowds seen in Hartford. If you were lucky enough to watch the coverage of the Cyclocross National Championships, little guy, what channel was the Cyclocross National Championships on? cycling.tv basically yes <laughs> it was on flow sports i think because i haven't been able to see it yet so it was on flow yeah i can't confirm yeah. so, um, the, the replays are up there if you guys have 150 bucks each to sign up for their annual package it's just so expensive this is and like I, yeah this is like a, the equivalent of an nfl blackout this is so embarrassing that we can't get this race on like any channel that exists that doesn't do the 150 per year that's a lot of money for to watch what two races yeah that matter because flow doesn't have the contract really for anything else i did see a bunch of folks um you know tweeting and sending messages on the instagram stories or whatever asking is there a way to sign up month to month for flow rather than annual which the answer is 
there's not, you got to sign up for the annual and then cancel it. And then their customer service will reach out and offer you a month to month if you want. And I didn't have the time to explain all that to anybody because I know they wouldn't probably get uh, the response from customer service that quick. But that's the way you can do it if you uh, are so inclined. But so it's let's so start much work. Cross yeah, coverage. It's crazy. Let's, let's start off cross nationals coverage mm-hmm. with a shout out to CX Harris Development Racing Team and Andrew Strohmeyer for taking the title in the men's U23 race. Um, yeah. Pretty awesome win there. Um, we also want to give a shout out to Clara Hansinger for her continued domination of the, of the women's field. With is this a third in a row? Second for Clara? No, I think Second? it's third, isn't it? Is it third? No, maybe, maybe not in a row, but I think it's her. I think it's her third. Yeah. We'll send Beating, that to the uh, fact team. Us. Yeah, we'll send that one definitely to the facts team. <laughs> oh, so bad. Beating um, so yeah. Raylan Nuss and then Austin Killups on the third step, which is awesome to see as well. Yeah. Predicted to, uh, yeah. by the Slow Ride Podcast, having gotten 16th place uh, and writing us an email about it in the past. <laughs> so that's true. The magic, true. the magic is still there. The uh, the the ooh. So no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the the fact checking is happening. This is her third in a row. But remember, okay. 2020, 2020, 2021 was canceled due to the COVID pandemic. So uh-huh. she, okay. uh, yes, um, she was sense. able to win in Tacoma, Washington, and then Chicago, and now in Hartford. Um, so may, many congratulations to her. And then uh, before that, she won the U23 National Championships. So right. it could be if, you know, all things considered, you could be looking at, you know, four in a row. But again, it uh, the last... The first one in that streak was the U23 um, National Championship. So there you go. All right. On the men's side, we had the legendary um, battle. This time was between um, Eric Bruner and Curtis White, and it took Curtis White's uh, domination. Spencer, was it the same course in Hartford that you went to all those years ago? Um, when you saw Hyde take the victory because it almost looked some of the coverage I saw that was coming through some of the videos that I was seeing. Um, it yep. looked like there's a nice berm turn or like kind of I'm, ridge that they rode over before the finish. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent, uh, on how close it was to that one. I'm sure it had a lot of the same elements for sure. Um, but, uh, I was not there in person to spectate. So do not know. Well, Curtis White, congratulations taking the win over Eric Bruner and Kerry Werner, one, two, three, in the men's elite race. Now, Spencer, it must be that time of year when it comes to Cyclocross National Championships, one of our favorites in the old complaint section. It's time to grind our gears with this this year's recap. Ooh, yeah. So uh, every year about this time in the U.S., and I imagine we are the only place that this happens um, with regards to cyclocross is uh, on, on the Saturday or, or someday before the, the big show uh, of the elite races, we do a single speed national championships. And um, every year it's a, it's a huge field, but every year we get a lot of complaints about it from diehard single speeders who are saying the, the professionals show up, to the single speed race and just destroy everyone just trying to get some recon of the course at race pace. They're not even there. They're not honoring the spirit of the single speed. They're not who, okay. Who has a bigger case in, in spirit court single speeders or gravel cyclists? That's a tough one. Ooh, well, I'll be the judge and jury. Little guy, you can defend the um, spirit of gravel. And okay. uh, Spencer, you can uh, go for the um, uh, spirit of cyclocross. Um, hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to the court of the cycling spirit. I am the honorable judge s- super rookie. Um, uh-huh. Little okay. guy, uh, can please explain to me why gravel has the best form of spirit? When it comes to cycling, well, we have been 
grinding gravel since before this little cyclocross thing was even invented. Uh, mm. So we are mm. the original. We are we are the original road biking. We are the original biking. We are we are the original everything. So Objection, you have to thank Honor. us. So we have the most spirit and objection. All objection. road bikes. This is sustained. Your Honor, what the other plaintiff is uh, arguing is physically impossible as they are just riding cyclocross bikes um, with slacker geometry. That's They've right. stolen our technology and our IP uh, for their own benefit. It's sustained. Now, you're starting to sound like your cases has already got a lot more buzz than the garbage that just came out of the spirit of gravel. So tell me more about the spirit of single speed and why well, this see, matters in this respectable court. Single speed is, is more than a lifestyle. It's an equipment choice. And we have chosen to limit ourselves yes. arbitrarily for no good reason. Yes. Um, and, and for that, we should be rewarded, uh, yes. especially at a high caliber uh, national level event um, where mm-hmm. we show up in droves to party and have a good time and kind of fart around on the course. Um, <laughs> and it's not fair that people want to come and, and race uh, seriously. At, at, like, I didn't pay $90 to show up to this event to go hard. Like, yeah, I want to party in the back. And yeah. I can do that all season at whatever rink-a-dink event I want. But Wearing I also, a costume. Yes. I know I I'm the also, judge, but I'm going to help you here. <laughs> yes, yes. I also want to do that at the national championships. And I think it's disrespectful that people would try to win a national championships at the national championships. And I just yeah. think that really goes against the spirit that we've built around our, our culture and around our equipment choice. I will just want to say that I am in 100% agreement that the spirit of single speed racing is far superior to the spirit of gravel racing based solely on the argument that you had just presented because you seemed fact-based, prepared, and knowledgeable on the case rather than the garbage that was espoused earlier today by the spirit of gravel, which does not exist like those that want to rock the one cog (laughs) at national championships. Kudos to all of those that paid $90 to party at the back while Kerry Warner and Tobin Ortenblab were crushing souls off the front. Mm-hmm. You know, I, as the spirit of gravel, have to agree with Spencer. It, it makes a lot of sense <laughs> to not want people to race at a national championship and to just want to act goofy and wear jorts and do beer hand-ups, but also get mad at people. It makes perfect yeah. sense. And for some reason, I hadn't understood gravel till you you put it all together right there mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. not gravel, whatever I'm gravel cyclocross single speed so, one cog. I mean, I was going to ask you about what happened and what people were complaining about, but Spencer, you nailed it. Nailed it. That these posers come in Johnny come lately just to get mm-hmm. re recon of the course. Mm-hmm. Well done. That's what the master's race is for. And if you're not old enough to do the master's race, well then you shouldn't be a professional cyclist. That's, that's my opinion. <laughs> That's a good point. Those kids should go back to school and do the collegiate race until they turn 30. That's right. Oh, what's that? What's that? Did you say over 30? Are we talking about potential and up-and-coming gray jersey winner Michael Matthews buzzing in with this week's Prem Lap? I think we are. Let's go to 2022 Tour de France stage winner Michael Matthews with this week in Prem Lap. Landis. If you want to listen to the Slow Ride podcast, go ahead. I don't. All right, guys, here we are once again at the Prem Lap, and we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Shout out to all the shows on the network, including Nowhere Fast, Grodio, Cyclocross Radio, and the wonderful Criterium Nation, which continues to slay it with mm-hmm. Criterium coverage all the way through and through the season, even when it is off season. And I hear Chris Tolley is on an episode next week. And if you read the New Yorker um, and their coverage of the unfortunate um, uh, uh, murder of uh, Mo Wilson, you know that 
Chris Tolley has uh, gained quite a bit of a reputation um, for his no-nonsense approach to um, perhaps one of the biggest uh, uh, tragedies to hit U.S. cycling in a while. And Rob is going to have him on the show next week. Yeah. Okay. That is a, that is a, a, a must-listen, uh, I think, uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, another one uh, that can't be missed uh, is going to be all the upcoming and, you know, currently on social media coverage uh, from the folks over at Cyclocross Radio, uh, Nationals this week, as we were just discussing, a ton of awesome stuff happening there. Um, Bill and Michael and the rest of the crew, um, which is uh, all on the ground there, uh, putting in the work, boots on the ground, uh, all made possible by donors, supporters um, of, uh, of the network and of what they're doing. Um, we're over here, not, not doing a whole lot, just sitting here talking, making jokes, but, uh, it also helps support us doing that. Um, so head on over to wideanglepodium.com, sign up to, uh, uh, give a little of your hard earned, uh, cash to help us support, um, the cycling coverage that is, uh, soon to be sorely lacking throughout the U S, uh, as, yeah. uh, <laughs> As things continue to unfold uh, in the cycling media world, um, we are, I mean, honestly, in light of that, we are even more grateful than usual for the support uh, that you guys uh, send our way. So very much appreciated. I know that it it does help uh, Bill and everybody over there at Cyclocross Radio get the job done and be there on the ground uh, to bring you all the coverage that they bring. Uh, it's a lot cheaper, I will say, than $150 for flow bikes. <laughs> that is for sure. Well, that is 100% for sure. Yeah. Um, one other uh, thing to talk about this preem lap is our continued uh, support from Hammerhead uh, Cycling Computers. Absolutely incredible uh, uh, computers there for your rides to record uh, GPS mapping, all that good stuff. Um, I've been using mine for well over a year at this point that they've been supporting the show and, uh, continue to love it, continue to be impressed by, um, all the just well thought out features in there, like setting up different profiles for like your indoor ride, your outdoor ride. If you got a power meter, like whatever, you could set up all the different profiles on there, which is really easy and cool to switch between. Um, as well as all the other great features that they have, as well as uh, as far as just usability and keeping it simple. Like I am, yeah, I am a technologically a savvy guy, unlike you know some people on this show. But at the same time, I don't I'm a, want my stuff to be super complicated. I want to be able to use it easily while I've got a gloved finger in thirty degree sleeting weather. You know. And the hammerhead Karoo too. Is that a full fingered glove or a short fingered glove? In thirty degree weather, it'll probably be full fingered. Yeah, it can um, be. It can be full fingered in thirty degree weather. It just can't be with short sleeves, Tim. You know the mm-hmm. rules. Yeah, Tim knows the rules. He's he's just a a professional troll on this podcast of little guy. Um, but Karoo two, limited time. Uh, this is going to be changing soon, so get in now. Um, free heart rate monitor strap along with your Karoo 2 when you visit hammerhead.io and use the promo code SLOWRIDE when you check out. So drop that Karoo 2 in your cart, drop that heart rate monitor in your cart, use the code SLOWRIDE and get your heart rate monitor for a free ski. Tell them Tim and Spencer and Matt sent you and they'll be super impressed. All right, guys, let's get back to the show. Kerry Werner, and you're listening to the Slow Rock Podcast. Last week, you guys had a wonderful selection of um, emails that you read through. And uh, I think it is only wise that I dig back up through the mailbag to see those that you had missed, including this one coming to us from Mark Cipher. Dear Slow Ride... I need some good advice. I need your help to get my wife to say yes to me 
All too often lately, she has been giving me a hard no when I make what I consider to be a fairly reasonable request. Our six-year-old is outgrowing his 20-inch hardtail soon, and he will need a new 24-inch mountain bike. He actually needs a really light full suspension bike so we can downhill at bike parks and do weeknight cross-country group rides when he's not doing BMX. Oh my goodness. How Mm -hmm. awesome is this already? Doing BMX. I can't wait to get my kid into BMX. It's going to be so much fun. Anyways, um, we both realize that spending 3K on a bike is a lot of money that will be outgrown in two or three years. But every time I tell her about how high the resale value is, will be she points out potential spots i could put my tent in the backyard if uh-huh. she sees the charge on our bank bank statement she is watching me like a hawk the two three or four hundred dollar charges from our local bmx shop for necessities like carbon ribs titanium spokes and frequent uh-huh. crank arm purchases largely go unquestioned she yeah. really understands our son needs longer cranks in 2.5 millimeter increments a few times per season she even comforts me when I lament the wait time for his handmade steel frames, but this mountain bike conundrum is really causing a rift in our relationship. Uh-huh. I'm assuming you guys will have all the answers. You always do. Mark, public school teacher and huge fan <laughs> of the pod. Shout out to Mark, public school yeah. teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand immediately your wife's concerns for buying a $3,000 bike since you are a yeah. public school teacher <laughs> and you're not getting Sorry. paid what you deserve. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, I made the ch- I made the choice many years ago to take a half step up from public school teacher by working in the bike industry. <laughs> it's almost yeah. as bad as being a public school teacher, but it, yeah. um, you don't get two steps forward, one step back. The, the the difference is that I get somewhat valued a little bit more by people on the bike ride on the group ride than those that uh, um, deal with public school teachers all the time. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than being a public school teacher and hosting a uh, parent teacher conference and. Uh, you tell, you know, like, oh, you know, Mrs. or Mrs. Jones, uh, you know, little, uh, little, uh, um, John, John here, Johnny boy, uh, is just really just talks a lot Johnny, in class and just doesn't listen. Johnny and, Jones. Uh, That's the best. Johnny Jones. Yeah. JJ. We're a cycling yeah. you know, podcast. J- you couldn't come up with something. JJ over here. Uh, J- is take just, it again. you know, really, uh, do you, you want me to try again? Take it again. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm, so there's I'm nothing sorry, worse Mr. Than... Mr. and Mrs. Landis. Uh, little Floyd here is just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just seems yeah, yeah. to be off in the clouds somewhere, yeah. uh, not paying attention. Not paying you attention. Know? It's almost like he's high as a kite, and he's just <laughs> not paying attention. And then at that moment, the parent looks at looks at the teacher that just said this about their ten year old, and they yeah. ask the ten year old, "Is that true?" There's nothing more. Yeah disgusting as a teacher to not be believed by the yeah. parents. So any parent out there that goes to a parent teacher conference, <laughs> do not do this to the teacher. It is the rudest thing. They're underpaid. Oh, there's, there's no, there's they should no be reality. getting paid what they're worth so they can get a yeah. $3,000, sure. 24 inch full suspension bike for their kids. Tim, That's the I, truth. Totally. I, I imagine there's no reality in which that kid did not throw you under the bus as well. Right? Oh No, no, not, yeah, they're like, I don't know what Mr. Hayes is talking about. He's always on Twitter when he's on his when he's uh-huh. teaching, and I'm like, whoa, 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 take it. like, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They got they the got proof your, on that one. Yeah, but. they get the timeline pulled up. Yeah, yeah, this is during you know, school hours. Um, you know, a lot of teachers, a lot of teachers hate standardized tests. I loved them because they were always during May, so I could watch the Juro while those little uh-huh. rugrats were filling in bubbles. <laughs> Well, it's amazing you didn't make it. Get us back on track here. Uh, our, yeah. our emailer has come to the right place, boys. I think that we can come up with a workable solution here. I want to preface this all by saying his wife is correct. She's very much correct, yeah. She's correct, but yeah. he didn't... He Nowhere in that email did he ask, is my wife correct? So that is not the answer that I can give him. Okay. Even though I yeah. should say... Clearly and out front, your wife is correct. The question asked is how to how to pull off this heist. Essentially, Mm. this is a caper. Um, I have my ideas. Uh, Do you? Do you guys have any uh, uh, plots um, which you could pull this off? I think, as an outsider looking in who doesn't have to, isn't trying to buy weird things for their child, uh, Uh I think I think you might have 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 some insight that. 
at least I'm overlooking. I don't know about Tim. Okay. But, Tim, do you got I a mean, strategy? I, well, I've got a strategy, and I've also got a rationale for um, his uh-huh. wife's ra- very rational behavior um, here. I think that the, the strategy clearly is just to get a, um installment plan uh, put together with Trailcraft mm. Cycles um, every couple months, take another 400 bucks. Interesting. So you had that thing paid off in about uh, three years, uh, pay some interest. So, but the very not, rational thought that's here is That's not a bad that, plan. That's not a bad plan. It's a little more straightforward than I expected from you, I got to say. Yeah. Um, okay. Where's the hijinks? Uh, let, me, let me hit you with this. You buy it piecemeal, piece by piece, just like, like the, the old, classic like the Johnny, Johnny, Clash, Johnny, Cash Johnny Cash song. song. <laughs> One piece at a time, once a Greatest week. Greatest Johnny Cash song. Uh, you get a derailleur. Then you get you know a chain ring. Then you get the chain. Then yeah. you're getting a yeah. C post. Then you're getting the C. Well, and the thing puts together. Uh, it might take you three or four years. Uh huh. I and think that's the problem, <laughs> though. I think that might be a problem. Time, you might have outgrown it, but yeah, you just keep swapping. That's we- the beauty of it. You keep swapping those parts out. Um, and the the small charges. The clue was right there in the email. Not going to get picked up on. So uh, I you- think this is a winning strategy. It is a winning strategy, but again, I, you know, the rash, the, the real question is why would, um, you know, Mark's better half want him to not buy this. And I think it just comes down to that watching a mountain bike race is far less awesome than a BMX race, which is in front of you the entire time. So if you want to watch uh-huh. your six year old in the woods, you're sitting on the bleachers, hanging out, maybe, uh, maybe you've got a nice, uh, uh, uh sparkling water. Um, uh-huh. or something, just kind of hanging out for the day underneath an easy up tent, um, just crushing it. And, uh, yeah. you want to see a uh, little, little Floyd r- running around on the, on the track. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, it's way cooler than, uh, you know, putting Floyd down the downhill berms and jumps and, uh, whatnot. So, so. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Tim, but I think you're thinking too small. I think, I think you need to expand this out. You need to extrapolate this. Now, this is obviously a 24-inch mountain bike we're talking about, but extra, extrapolate that out 10 years when, you're, when your kids are racing at a professional level. Um, the BMX hotbeds in, in the U.S. anyway are like, I don't know, Cincinnati or Florida or like, you know, wherever. Who knows? New Mexico. I don't know. Cincinnati? Who cares? What is, I don't want to. Where, where did you pull that one Exactly. Out? I don't know. Who cares? It's clearly you know Florida. You know where you visit when you race mountain bikes? Nova Mesto. You, you visit <laughs> Val de Soleil. These are tourist destinations. These are spots. Do you want to go hang out in the Alps and drink your sparkling water? Or do, or do you, you want to go to Tulsa? In Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> you know? Or do you want to go to Tulsa for Super Grand Nationals or exactly. whatever they uh, call them? Yeah. Um, Spencer, if, if, if the movie Airborne taught us anything, it's that Cincinnati is a hotbed of rollerblading. Yeah, see? I knew it was something. Wow. I don't think Cincinnati's gotten this much play since Joe Burrows led him to the Super Bowl last year. Well, I mean, it has a big long deal. time ago. Yeah. Cincinnati's a fun town. I accidentally rode onto the highway with, with Caitlin one time there. It was terrible. <laughs> it was really scary. <laughs> okay. I mean, I just figured St. Louis needed a break. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Cincinnati is like, I like Cincinnati. Okay. I'm on Cincinnati's side here. All right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know where there's any way to get this bike, man. I mean, truth be told, I, it's it doesn't make any sense. You got to buy on the used market at that age. You got to let some other sucker take the hit. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at that age, you do got to let some other sucker take the hit. Um, and then you can still buy the parts. You can kind of column A, column B this thing, um, where you're upgrading the shocks, you're upgrading, you know, the suspension parts and I, things. If, I'm more if concerned you're doing it right. That that well, if you're, Mark's you're doing it upright, gro- oh. I'm just more concerned that his kid's outgrowing the 20 inch BMX bike. Why wouldn't you keep him on that and then just get him a BMX cruiser and a mountain bike? <laughs> Tim, you never outgrow a 20 inch bike. That's yeah. BMX bike. Yeah, I know. Get 30 year old dudes riding those around. Come on. If you're really doing it right, Spencer, you're you're upgrading your bike and the kids getting the hand me downs. You know, oh, so that you, is the plan. Uh, you need the the tie cranks, and then uh-huh. the kid gets the non custom carbon cranks, and then in a couple of years, when better tie cranks come out, they get those knockoff, whatever. So he should buy a bike for himself, 
and then the kid gets his old bike. You buy yeah, yeah you buy you buy a twenty four inch frame and wheels, but then you know everything else you can hand you can hand down. So bars, you know, uh, bars are just cut down uh, whatever the highest end carbon bar was from the year before that you rode for a little while. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's not a bad strategy. Um, yeah, you get into some tricky areas there with wheels and frame size, but outside of that, yeah, you're upgrading your bike. Everybody wins in that situation. Yeah, everybody wins. It's true. So last last week on the pod, little guy, you did a great job of uh, walking through this. Uh, I I believe the email came to us from a friend of the pod, Kevin, about the uh, Fall Raven uh, specialized crossover <laughs> capsule short yeah, yeah. sleeve puffy jacket. You got an update now, on that for us, little guy? Now, I'm I a huge fan. I'm a huge fan <laughs> oh, of puffy vests in cycling. Yeah. This is not a vest. I had looked at this thing. It is disgusting. Short sleeve. Now you were gonna go to yep. the thrift store to make a North Face or something short sleeve well, puffy jacket. Uh, North Face. Hey, we're we're talking uh, thrift store money here. Yeah. Now, yes, a $10 I have a budget. <laughs> I have an update. Okay. I think I'm trying to. I think I have the receipt in my pocket. I can show you guys right now. Okay. I'm excited. Right here, Salvation Army, ten dollars even. It was nine ninety nine. Oh. They asked me if I wanted to roll, like round up a penny for. Stayed I don't know, whatever, within the budget. I cannot believe it. Boom, ten dollars even. I got a uh, puffy coat. It's a uh, blue flag or something. Blue flag skein or something. It's kind of cool. I'll I'll post a picture of it. It'll come up. I have not done any modifications yet. It is uh-huh. kind of disgusting. It's been washed once. It might need to be washed again <laughs> okay. before yeah. I really want to touch it too much. Uh-huh. But um, this was the only thing there that was really in the budget. And so Tim, we we got an update right to about that piece. In that there's also if you look at the the website for it there's there's a pair of shorts that one of the models yeah, so, is wearing so, that no, same material not but so i can't roll find off, the shorts for we sale an, so we, and go on we got an email from Roloff, um not related to the classic uh mountain bike hub uh but this email from Roloff comes to us i believe you didn't see the full picture there are matching shorts that complete the look the shorts are amazing quilted yep. thermo shorts um now, Tim, you've put yourself in a hole here because you've already said the poncho top is disgusting, but yet you are a staunch advocate of baggy shorts on bikes. I want people to wear whatever they want to wear on a bike. I'm not yes, one for labels. True. Yes. This, like, I don't, like, if you want to wear baggies on a road bike, I've been known to do that on rides. I really don't care. These shorts... I think would have more value than the short sleeve puffy jacket. Like I can uh-huh. see a world where you could wear these over a pair of like tights, like a lighter tight. Like it, it kind of makes sense to me like these, uh-huh. but not the jacket little guy. Well, I'm pretty sure it said in the website and it said, you don't have to pack any cliff bars when you wear those shorts. <laughs> That was, that's that how warm they are that's yeah, how warm the they are you don't have to pack any cliff bars so it was like the, the poncho is a uh, goose down and the shorts are cliff bar wrapper yeah uh, the, lines. yeah there's literally like between yeah. the layers there's an outer fabric there's a cliff bar layer uh-huh. and then there's a there's an inner layer that's so the secret there, stuff right it, there there's nothing warmer that's like insulate 5000 or something that's just science yeah. that's just science yeah that's yeah. just science. Well, I'm hoping, so now that I've seen this, thankfully before I started uh, cutting and chopping, and I'm, let's put it out there, I am not good with the sewing machine. No. Not at all. I didn't expect. Not at all. I'll maybe try to do a little research here and not just go go hack crazy. But I think my arms are long enough. Uh, maybe I can try to make a pair of shorts too. Why not? I, I mean, I'm going to cut the arms off. Whoa. I might as well use the rest of the arms to Whoa. make shorts. Okay, little guy, hang on. Now, I'm assuming that's the, what they pump did. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Is... Pump the brakes. Yeah. I was just going to offer you another $10 out of the Slow Ride Podcast budget <laughs> to go oh. buy some snow pants or something to do yeah, the same yeah. thing. It would be a I lot did. easier than you trying to fashion some shorts out uh-huh. of the arms of a puffy coat. 
Yeah, the snow pants thing is a better idea, but this is funnier. Well, I I think that's hmm. It's funnier conceptually. I think well, I think it will yes. be not functional in a, in a way in which we you will not be able to test this the shorts yeah. if you make them yourself. Well, I'm here. I got time on my side. It's not shorts weather in Minnesota, and it's not going to uh-huh. be shorts weather for quite some time. Uh-huh. So I've got a couple months to get these sh- shorts uh, dialed. Yeah, because these will be perfect in uh, March or something for those morning commutes. You know, it's okay. a little chilly, but you still want to wear shorts because it's going to get it's going to get up into the forties that day. Because forties in March in Minnesota us. is shorts weather. Yeah, I, I like though. I I do appreciate that we do have a use case for the shorts already. Yes. Whereas we spent 10 minutes talking about the poncho thing and cannot figure out what it's for. No. I feel drafty just talking about the poncho. Yeah. Like I can just feel the air blowing in through those arms and making <laughs> me cold. And like Tim said, a vest is great because it's, uh-huh. it's like a hug. This is like a, like, a, like a lazy hug. This is from someone you think is a friend. And then after they give you the hug, you're like, well, what was that? I oh, thought we cared about like each me. other. Yeah, they don't like me at all. They wow. Dear Spencer, Matt, and Tim, well, I've done it again. I've caught up, not to the present, but to the point where you were when I last wrote you. You may remember me as the guy who has been working his way through the back catalog of the podcast. In order, at this point, I am about 11 months behind, having just heard episode 375, where you responded to my last note. I enjoyed the teasing and the almost dead-on prediction of the tour result. I already knew by the time I heard it that Pogachar would come up short in 2022. I have come to think of myself as being like the GC rider. I don't remember his name, maybe you will, who rode a stage of the 2022 Vuelta so far behind the peloton that he rode the last 80 or 100 kilometers all by himself. Equal parts noble and pathetic. Do you guys remember (laughs) who that was? Yeah. Little guy does. Was it? Certainly. Wait, wait. No, wait, wait. It was, edu- it was the I'm guy from Education no. First. It's the writer from was Education it? First. Right? Uh, see, now I'm getting confused. I go, sorry. I don't know. This is, a, uh, you guys can tell how much we prep for these shows ahead of time. Do you, do you know who it is, Spencer? We don't pre-read these. No. I who no was idea. the GC at the, it's the American on Education First. The GC rider this year? Yeah. At the Volta, dude. And he like worked really hard. This is great radio for everybody that's still sticking with us that is now yelling well, at their screen. Oh, maybe I'll edit this out. Yeah, he's gonna why don't you look it up GC. while I'm reading the email? Is it Lawson? <laughs> well, how, how do I look It might have been Lawson Craddock. Lawson Craddock is not a GC rider, Tim. I'm sorry. No. I don't. I can't search. Lawson Craddock, GC rider. My... Google just broke. I've come to think of myself as being like the GC rider. I don't remember his name. Maybe you will, who rode a stage of the 2022 Vuelta so far behind the peloton that he rode the last 80 or 100 kilometers all by himself. Equal parts noble and pathetic. Now, hang on. This timeline doesn't add up. If he's 11 months behind, there's no way he knows anything about that. So I think this is make-believe. I don't think that ever happened. I'm pretty, yeah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Speaking of being behind, I have a uh-huh. fashion question for you. What is oh. it with the socks? Some years ago, I started wearing quarter socks as they seemed all the rage. Then a few years ago, I don't know how many socks started creeping up the calves in the pro peloton. When? Mm-hmm. Why? Are the technical reasons? Are there technical reasons? Are quarter socks one more thing I have been silently mocked for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly. admit to being slow to adopt fashions, although all my newer jerseys are full zip. The quarter zips remain in the regular rotation as I am unlikely ever to go full schleck at my age. None of your business. I'll just say I'm old enough to have stopped <laughs> riding Category 6. I look forward to hearing your answers and don't mind waiting a year or so for it. Keep up the good work. I enjoy the goofy wisdom of your show, at least as it was as what it is now last year. <laughs> I especially like eavesdropping on the tight friendship you maintain, even though you live hundreds of miles away. And who would want to miss a minute of that? Yours in time travel, Warren. Uh, Thanks, Warren. So Warren, quarter socks, are they all the rage? He's coming to the right place, little guy. You're all about the quarter socks, I think. Am I... I guess I haven't. I don't know exactly which my socks are. 
Sometimes you just need less sock. Yeah. I don't understand why socks are quite so tall. I've never quite understood. I also get, as a bike racer, I get, I overheat instantly. So mm-hmm. when socks got taller, there was a point certain fabrics would, I just couldn't, couldn't wear them because unless I'm going a million miles an hour down a mountain, I'm going to turn bright red and look like a tomato. And mm-hmm. those socks are going to make me feel disgusting. So, yeah. Less sock. The, I used to wear I'm no now socks. A calf, I'm now a calf rider when it comes to the socks. Interesting. Now, I mean, he's he's so he's talking about the trajectory, the timeline of socks, which it's very much a a bell curve uh, to some extent. It hasn't quite got back down to quarter sock, uh, quarter whatever, uh, two-inch height. Um, but it went way up there for a little while. Like, near knee-length socks were seen oh, in the Pelotons. And then the UCI stepped in with some rules and clamped down on it, and they have come I'm back down I'm actually okay with that rule. Can I just say that? Like, I, I don't it, mind that rule. It's a wild rule, and it's hilarious to make fun of, but man, I feel like people don't remember how out of control things were getting there for a little while. Um, I mean, even with the rule in place, we had specialized trying to jump right over the calf area straight up to the neck sock uh, at this year's tour time trial. Um, you know, it's it's this is what happens when there's no rules, man. Anarchists will uh, run things, and we can't have that in cycling. Oh. Terrible. The 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 neck sock is what is is. Do you think that's why the neck sock became a thing? Is yeah. Where else your, are you gonna put a sock? <laughs> like yeah. when when legs are outlawed, you know, only outlaws will wear socks on their necks. Hey, eh? good point. Yeah, yeah very, you really got to break very, it down, Tim. Um, <laughs> I think I think uh, I, I don't know. I think we've come back down to reality at this point. So um, I'm gonna suggest to Warren that he not follow the trends that we're probably talking about on the podcast as he's listening. Uh, but by the time he gets here, hopefully he hasn't followed the trends too closely. And now he knows it's safe to just buy whatever's available from his local bike shop. They should be the appropriate height. Uh, unless he's got a special case like little guy where he's just uh, too toasty and he needs to go a little lower and that's okay. Yeah, because you know, as Tim loves to say, and as we all believe on this podcast, it is however you're doing bike riding. Even if you're a Fred, even if you're a Frank, uh, you wear whatever you want, as long as it's not a Fall Raven specialized collabo poncho, because that <laughs> we probably will make, make fun of you for. Yeah, because well, you can make that at home. Maybe, you could just make possibly. that at home, possibly. Maybe we'll find out if you can. Yeah. So that that does, I mean, uh, Spencer, what an amazing um, segue into this oh. next email. Um, and this one comes to us from Katya. Female Fred, hello, Slow Ride Pod, desperately in need of your expert opinion. Episode 412, where you provide in-depth study of Fred's and the subtypes of thereof, made me think, why are we not talking about female Fred's? With cycling being one of the least inclusive sports... Obviously, there is no female name for a female Fred. These were my initial thoughts, but then my other thoughts was, I love female Freds. I want more women on bikes Mm -hmm. in any capacity, race or party pace, on a cruiser or an e-bike, or my personal preference, gravel bike. Yeah, you can roll your eyes now. So, what name (laughs) should female Freds have? Like, it should be a lovely name, a relatable name, kind of hinting that she's a Fred, but a Fred we all love and want. Should Mm -hmm. we have a name for a female Fred or will just accept that all women are just women on bikes unless they are Karens, which I'm sure exist. Anyway, all the questions, zero answers, help me out. And yes, thank you for all the last and the best coverage of bicycling in all variety. Katya, um, thank you so much for reaching out. Um, It's easy to be the best uh, coverage of bicycling when none is left. (laughs) Yeah, that is is very true. You got to show up to the race to win it. So, well, I think where are we on this? Do do we need a female Fred name? I mean, it is uh, a good point was raised that uh, only mm-hmm. in cycling would there not be um, equal true. opportunity. Um, so, 
Yeah. I will I will and I don't know if this is right, but I have always kind of seen the term Fred as being a unisex or a non-sexed term, right? Um, that there could be just female Freds. They were just Freds. But uh, this email brings up a good point. Uh, and I think, you know, it's it, Fred. Nobody doesn't need like, to be gendered. It doesn't need to be. Um, but. But it is kind of. Generally. Yeah, calling somebody. I, I think I've only thought about it from my angle of like, I, you know, somebody calls me Fred, whatever. But if I was not a male and somebody called me a male name, it would be kind of weird. So like, maybe there yeah. can be, a, as she put it, a, a kind of endearing uh, name that's like not. It's not like a, a, a poke in front of anybody name, and um, I've come up with a couple ideas. I don't know if you guys have anything as well. Well, I was just gonna go with the 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 fem the the feminine of Frank, which is Francis. Uh huh. Frank and Francis. There, there goes Frank and Francis again. Uh huh. I now see. On backwards. I thought of that initially, and um, or and not that exactly, but I thought of like a something with an F. I came up with Frida, um, but I was like, I. S- I don't want. I don't want to associate that closely, like that directly. Like it seems like too easy. So when I like take it one one step further, and I thought, who are some who are some Freds I know that have a female counterpart? And of course, <laughs> I came up with Fred Flintstone, and maybe Wilma. Wilma. Maybe maybe you got Wilmas. You got Freds and Wilmas. Yeah. Freds and Wilmas. It's not That's an offensive name. It's a it's a nice name, and it's like a lovely name Fran. and unlikely to be anybody actually named Wil- Wilma. Yeah, exactly. Good okay. point. You know, I've never met a Wilma. Have you guys ever met a Wilma? I've never met a Wilma. Uh, Can't say I have. So okay. That could That's be. safe. That's safe. That's good. That's- I like that. <laughs> That's my suggestion. Um, also in the uh, uh, in the Hanna-Barbera cartoon world, I also thought Judy's might be okay for Judy Jetson. Um uh-huh. A little shorter, four letter. Keep the four letter theme. I don't know which one's better. Judy seems like more in the demographic that sh- she would be purchasing. <laughs> Neon, uh, maybe uh, all the all yeah. all the all the kit to look the part, but maybe not riding as much as Wilma. Oh. I, Wilma, I'm, ass- I'm okay, assuming Wilma. Wilma's got a cargo bike of I some see. sort that's powered by kicking a rat or something so you're saying we and, got we got freds and wilma's and we got frank's and judy's yeah i guess that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i haven't really thought about it but i suppose that's my that's my thing all right yeah well there you go i mean that yeah. uh, i don't know i don't know if that'll catch on that is a that would be i think that's a pretty solid suggestion uh-huh. um but yeah, cycling uh, not the most inclusive Judy. sport, unfortunately. But no. uh, getting better, I will say. Uh, Cyclocross Nationals this weekend had the first uh, non-binary uh, race event, uh, so that was pretty cool to see as well. And and from I mean, none of us were there, but I think from what I'd seen people saying on Twitter, is USA Cycling did a much better job uh, mm-hmm. than last year in uh, not having it to be an inclusive environment and yeah we know last year was not and so that they they did take people's concerns to heart and and yeah start uh, I will, I will, trying to make it a, a safer space so we got to give them a hand for that i will give i don't know a everything lot of credit but, for that yeah yeah uh, i i do know that promoters and and folks out here put in a lot of work to make that feel that way and to be that way uh, that's awesome so shout out to all them yeah, it's also cool to see from my um, point of view, as we saw. I would say that um, back to Katya's email, I just did a deep dive on uh-huh. uh, Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. Uh-huh. Um, there okay. are a ton. Um, when you said Judy Jetson, I thought you meant his wife, Jane. So apologies. I did not know that you meant um, his daughter. But then I quickly got into a deep dive uh, rabbit hole on um, Spacely Sprockets. And it leads me to believe that there really is a um, <laughs> tremendous amount of uh, Hanna-Barbera um, universe that could be created into a cycling um, world here. Because right, not only do you have the 
Spacely um, selling the uh, the sprockets, uh-huh. um, and you have obviously the uh, the Jetson. I mean, little guy, you are per- perhaps the uh, the the closest um, person to you is is um, I mean, one would say Fred Flintstone, um, or maybe Barney Rubbles. Um, but there's the whole like Yogi wow. Berra um, uh, setup. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so much here that. Uh, I mean, Hanna-Barbera, fantastic stuff. I mean, Tim, you're clearly the Yogi Bear on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well played. Uh, well, boys, we have reached yet another episode of the Slow Ride Podcast, your number one news and cycling podcast in the world. Our listenership is going through the roof. Because mm-hmm. competition is folding its guards. And here we are. We'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network, support independent cycling media. Um, we'd also like to thank um, Hammerhead for their continued support. Head over to hammerhead.io and use the promo code SLOWRIDE to get your very own heart rate monitor strap with a purchase of the Crew 2 at checkout. We'd also like to thank... BK1 of Rhymestars Entertainment for the intro and outro music. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod, where this week we will be featuring pictures of our very own short sleeve puffy jacket. If little guy can get it washed a few more times to, <laughs> to put the needle to the thread uh-huh. um, to see if the poncho works. Yep. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis, noticing that I am. One year older than George Jetson. Oh. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. A mere 35 minutes from Hartford. Did not make it. <laughs> I'm glad you you're calling yourself out. <laughs> always wave at all your fellow cyclists so you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Oh, I resisted making that joke earlier, but I'm glad you... <laughs> wow! What an episode! That was amazing when that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man, that was great. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon-to-be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com Become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends.